Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Happy summer. The uh, day after the solstice. I think... Mm, not doing this conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 sir. Well, no, it's the second longest. No, hey, day hey, of the no! Year. I just showed you something great. You did. I showed. You did. I showed you the face of God herself. Yes, it was the turtles game. <laughs> I want to be clear on this because uh, it could be any number of things that you adulate. Yeah, you just uh, got to play a little bit of Shredder's Revenge. What a great button masher! Oh yeah, old school beat 'em up. On so many levels. There's so many references to the old stuff. Music, characters, backgrounds, everything. It's so good. So good. So much fun. That You got to play two levels. Uh, I'm, you played it on normal. I'm going to up it to hard because normal multiplayer is pretty easy. Okay, well. It's pretty forgiving. But you've already been through the game twice. Yeah, roughly. It's great. It's a, it's a hell of a fun time. A good, a good romp, would you say? Yeah, worth the... Whatever I paid. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't crazy expensive, and it was worth every penny. You didn't get the uh, the collector's box edition. No, but that looked awesome, but it was uh, 200 bucks, and it's not out till August. So oh, well. No. You couldn't wait. <laughs> um, no, I will not be purchasing the uh, $200 collector's edition, despite its sweet-ass VHS case for the game. There you go. And a coupon from Pizza Hut, like it's back in the day. I do like- And amazingly enough, Pizza Hut ain't worth 200 bucks to me. I haven't had Pizza Hut in forever. I, I do when, like nostalgia, but I don't know if Pizza Hut was great. With like, they were the only one with like the stuffed crust. Yeah, like, I never really the... got behind the stuff. Just give me a what? personal pan pizza. No stuffed crust. Get the hell out of here. Okay, fine. Do the show by yourself. Punch you in the knee over a stuffed crust. Don't do that. That would hurt. <laughs> Who doesn't love a stuffed crust? I didn't say I didn't love it, but it's not my. It's not my go-to. Oh my god! When they came out with that in the nineties, I was like, I'm sorry, I will what? say this. I will say this. Pizza Hut breadsticks. They're on a different level. They're good. They're not quite Olive Garden breadstick good, but they're oh good. Oh, my God. You mm, troglodyte. All right. What do we got going wait, wait, on? Wait, wait. No, 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 no. What? You don't like Olive Garden breadsticks? I haven't been to Olive Garden in a decade. What? I haven't been to Pizza Hut in slightly less than that. I would think with your Italian heritage, you'd be eating at oh Olive Garden all the time. God. It's like a little racist. Italian You bistro. racist. No. <laughs> uh, what do we got going on this week? Breadstick fight, I guess. <laughs> no, you. You don't like breadsticks? I love I love a good breadstick. That's why I don't go to Olive Garden. Well, no. I mean, remember the 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 Pizza Hut breadsticks with like the spices on it and the I think those, seasoning. Oh my god! If I do uh, compare um, garbage to trash, I guess Pizza Hut's better. Why do you not like Olive Garden breadsticks? Can you please give me a reason why? They're, they just taste cheap and gross. You're cheap and gross. But with standards. <laughs> what do we got going on this week? I've we seen your standards in action, sir. We have the news of the week. We got weird comics facts. We got sports reports. Okay, so question with the weird comic fact. Is it like actually like weird and like quirky weird or is it dark weird again? Somehow something still dies, but it's quirky. What the f- <laughs> It's it's a quirky death. I, okay. So we got screaming, it's streaming. We got uh, an, uh man, it feels like a regular segment on the show, a tribute to a creator that has passed and your questions. All right. What are they? I haven't looked yet. But we're going to find out together. What? You haven't looked for a question yet? No. Oh, okay. Just, I, for, great, I, for, I forgot to look at it. Great time. show prep. Great show prep. <laughs> I did everything You have else. one job on this show. Which is Actually, everything? That's exactly right. You can't right. even do that. <laughs> so I guess we're going to dive from that straight into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Somebody should speak to your supervisor. Conan. Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yes. What is good in life, Conan? Lamentation of the women. To see our enemies driven before you, they hear the lamentation of the women. And? Oh, um, no, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and the lamentation of the women. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, we talked about this before. The, to hell with you. Uh, a couple of years back, Marvel got the Conan license back from Dark Horse, and it's gone again. Uh-oh. Who and has it now? Uh, Titan. All right. <laughs> yeah, that reaction is like, and Titan is like, Thank God we have something. Yay, we can make something again. <laughs> we have a title that people are actually going to purchase. Jobs have been saved. Probably. Uh, it's a very small publisher. Well, still, anything is anything. 
It's not just anything. It's it's Conan. It's a good license. The yeah. mystery of steel. Um, I'm I'm probably being too hard on them, but yeah, uh, good for Titan. They got Conan. The mystery of steel. Which is weird. You feel like Marvel could outbid Titan, but whatever. What do Maybe I? They're like, eh, we got enough going on. We don't need Conan. Hey, do you like people the... probably want a Conan movie, and Marvel's like, oh, we we got enough movies to make on our own. Tisk tisk. Did you like the animated movie Hercules in the nineties that had? The Disney movie? Yeah, the one with uh, Jason Alexander and... James Woods was in it. That was it, James Woods. That's the name I was he looking He played for. Hades. Yeah. Yeah, did you like that movie? I enjoyed it. Well, it I, entertaining. Haven't, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I saw it once. Okay. <laughs> well, it's back, baby. What? Guy Ritchie, director of the live-action Aladdin. A, a live-action Hercules? Live-action Hercules. Is Kevin Sorbo going to be in it? I hope not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll campaign for it. Be like, no one would put me in anything. I'm just a minor nuisance on Twitter. Remember, he was uh, he was the um, syndicated Hercules. Yes, I'm aware. I was there in the '90s. I was there for a Xena Warrior Princess. No, don't forget Jack of All Trades with Bruce Campbell. I forgot. You forgot Jack of All Trades? Yeah, apparently. That was like Saturday. That was Saturday TV right there for people who didn't have cable. Syndication adventure, baby. Well, whatever. Hercules, yeah, Guy Ritchie is doing it. He did the live action Aladdin, which I never saw. But I like Guy Ritchie mostly. Some, I like him uh, pre-Madonna, and I like him post-post-Madonna. He, he had to get away from her a little bit. There's only two seasons of it. Oh, there we go. Bruce Campbell was in it. That's why I thought you would know. Yeah, kinda. sorry. I have seen a Bruce Campbell thing or two, and not just Spider-Man and Evil Dead. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Good movie. That one where he was himself and there were zombies or something. I forget. I saw it once like 10, 15 years ago that he directed. I forgot the name of it. My name is Bruce. Is that it? Might be that. Yeah. So Guy Ritchie doing Hercules. What just happened? No. Let's strike it. Put the phone down. I can't. I can't turn it off if you hit it on my fan. Oh, Jack of all trades. You don't remember that at all? No, not even. Yeah, look at this. See right there. Great. Whatever. He was like a spy. Oh, my God. You've ruined this. He wore a mask. Guy Ritchie is doing Hercules. You happy? Yeah. Who's playing? Did you say who's playing Hercules? No, there's no anything. Maybe Are you going to try Campbell. out for it? Yes, I'm, I'll try out for the Jason Alexander role yeah, the of a short, short gargoyle. <laughs> no, Jason Alexander was not in Hercules. That was Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, God. Well, I screwed it up then. I no, that know. would. It was. Um, I want to say it was Danny DeVito. Sure, I'll I'll try out for Danny DeVito. Now I gotta now I gotta look and see if I was right. Well, now I've I've been proven the fool. Well, that wasn't that was actually much easier than it normally is <laughs> because I walked into it and said it like three times. Yes, uh, Tate Donovan played um, Hercules. Oh, of course, Tate Donovan. Everyone. Yeah, Dan DeVito played Phil. Great, I'll try out for Phil. Moving on to this. Also, uh, Rip Torn was in it. He played Zeus. Yeah, good for Rip Torn. And Bobcat Goldwaith also in it. Almost pronounced that right. Speaking of licensed comics, Marvel is going to be doing Planet of the Apes books. Really? Yeah, why not? They're they're into that license game again. They were doing Conan for a while. You may have heard that they lost the license. Gee, I can't imagine where that. They got Predator. They got Alien. Now they're doing Planet of the Apes. Sure. Why not? I love Planet of the Apes. Most of it. Some of it. Some of it's bad. You just really went from 100 to like 50 real quick. You know, it's a, it's a real mixed bag of a series. But sure, why not? Make it, you know. All right. It's a low stakes event. Like, thing yeah do planet of the apes uh damn you all to hell oh hmm. i should have planned on this oh no what did you do now well i heard you get a text so i'm waiting on two things now no i'm gonna listen to you no no one i'm waiting you to check nope i'm and, gonna and then two i'm gonna uh, just a little, little clip i like to play sometimes oh help me dr sayus dr sayus dr sayus dr sayus dr sayus dr sayus Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. We'll play the clip. I did. Oh. <laughs> you just didn't get to experience it. Oh, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> yes, that's what I played. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even... Ah! Ah! Struck your phone. You really overreacted to that. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. I slapped your phone a lot. No, take your time. Three, two... Okay. How can you say take your time and then start <laughs> counting down? That's not how that works. You have that much time. No, that's taking your time. Well, technically, it was taking your time. You are taking my time. Oh, exactly. But then you you can't like say, take your time and then put... That's like me saying, okay, Zach, take as long as you need to, to do your business in the bathroom. And then I start counting down and beating on the door. You've done worse. Hey, do you like Game <laughs> of Thrones? 
I've heard of it. <laughs> I know you. You've never seen a second. Uh, no, I've seen YouTube clips. Well, you'll see at least the first episode in August when uh, that new show comes out. But oh, there's another right. There's another new show coming out. Really? Well, they have like six shows in the works, but the next one has been announced. Hey, you know how everyone hated the way the season ended series? Yeah, I heard about that. Well, Kit Harrington is back. They're doing a Jon Snow sequel series. All right. So it's like Game of Thrones season nine. Forget about how much everyone hated the ending. <laughs> Retcon. I think it's less of a, it's just more of a, eh, we're going to, look, it got weird at the end. We're just going to follow this one guy now that everybody liked. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of the main character. Well, now he definitely is. Yeah. There's no choice but for him to be the main character. I mean, maybe he'll know something this time, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of us playing a Ninja Turtles game based off of the 90s. Yes. That show is coming back, but in comic book form with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday mornings. Wow. So they're going to do like comic adaptations of the episodes? Uh, I mean, well, technically that happened for the first three of the first uh, adventure series. We're not going to get into that. That's diving too da- deep down a rabbit hole. But yeah, um, yeah, kind of like the 90s adventure series. It's back, I guess. Did you ever have like the VHS? Like, do you ever get the VHS that had like oh, two yeah, episodes yeah, on yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had one that had, uh, remember the Tim Testra episode? The one where the video game character comes out, like breaks free? Uh, she's one of the villains in the game you were just playing. Wow. Damn. What level? I don't know. I don't remember. One of them. We but, played the first two. They're 16. Oh. So somewhere between three and... 16? Let's say 14. Because okay. I, I can remember what the last two levels are. But still, Temptestra. Good episode. She's back, baby. Oh, no. Um, but sh- I don't really care. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to end up checking it out just out of curiosity. But to be honest, I don't really care that much. All right. I mean, the show went on for 10 years. It's been brought back in specials and video games and... Every other odd and end, and like a, well, the original cartoon didn't have a ten year run, did it? Yeah, it did. It wow, was, it was ten seasons. Damn. Yeah. Plus, I mean, a comic series that went like sixty something issues, and all it's like, so it's not like it's untread ground. There's so, a lot of there's a lot of turtle out there from that kind of like specific style and universe, and even this game, which is a fun thing to play. But it's like, yeah, sure, I have. To be fair, I haven't done it about 10 years, but like when they were popping them out on DVD, yeah. I, I rewatched the series like 10, 15 years ago. Kind of a rough watch. Really? Like the first five are great. There, there, there's some good stuff in there, but overall, yeah, it's not like something you just want to sit down and be like, oh boy. Uh, I mean, there's no real like story arc. It's uh, a lot of vignettes. Let me uh, sit down and watch this for a billion years. So yeah, sure. It's a long um, time. A billion I'll, years I'll, is a long I'll, time. I'll check it out, but I'm not, you know, whatever. It's a million, million years. Maybe it'll be great. Could we? I don't see why not. Uh, last bit of news, sad bit of news. Famed comic artist Tim Sale has passed away at the age of 66. It was announced last week that he was hospitalized and had passed away within two to three days after that. It was very, very quick. Hmm. Uh, we, we've talked about his work before and we'll be talking about it again later in this uh, episode. I think we've done a couple of his things that are big. We did Long Halloween and I think we did Spider-Man Blue. I'm pretty sure we did both of those. We did one of the Spider-Mans. The one with the cassette tapes. Yeah, that was yeah, Spider-Man Blue. There you go. Uh, but he did big big stuff, especially known for his collo- uh, collaboration with Jeff Loeb. Stuff like uh, Batman the Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, Captain America White, Catwoman, When in Rome. I don't know. He, uh, he was a fantastic artist. He was definitely one of my favorites. He had a very um, kind of classic old school stylized look. Stuff that I kind of like, uh, kind of in the vein of like a darwin cook or a bruce tim like guys that were very stylistically definitive and really put out something everything he did was kind of important and i think we're going to cover probably my favorite book of his uh coming up in a few minutes with uh, superman for all seasons but we'll get into that but yeah 66 way too young that is that's super young yeah i don't think any cause of death has been released i haven't to be fair i also haven't really looked because you know not overly my business either. No, but yeah, huge loss. Tim Sale at sixty six. But we'll 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 dive into Superman coming up pretty soon. But yeah, just a very tragic young loss, unfortunately. So from that happy note, wow, we're gonna move on. I don't know, streaming, streaming or weird comics facts. Um, might as well do weird comics facts. Weird comics us, facts already got us brought down. Maybe this will bring us back up. Well, the boys in the lab have cooked up an intro for us. Oh, they have. Good yeah. job, boys in the lab. This one has a curse in it. All right. This is a family-friendly show, sir. Okay, listen. It tempts to be. I'll let you hear it. Okay. I appreciate that. Were you on this email? You weren't. No. Here are some weird comic facts. 
prepare accordingly. I'm gonna make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. All right, yeah. Do you feel like that was his girlfriend? Well, I think you, when you said the boys in the lab, I think you meant like just the people in the lab. I think we need the, it's a blanket. I feel like he just got his girlfriend. To the do boy that. and his girl in the lab. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. That's my guess. I that was my first reaction because it wasn't the normal voice lady. No, different voice lady. Yeah, different voice lady. My guess is girlfriend. Yes, I think so. Boys in the lab have cooked it up again. This one with some naughty language. I, yeah, some weird shit. <laughs> Drop some s bombs. Yeah, when this. When this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> All right, Weird Comics Facts, because we are talking Superman this week. Oh, okay. I went with one of my favorite Superman weird comics facts. Is this the time that he got lobster rolls in Cape Netic? No, it's not that. Okay. We're going all the way back to 1958. Nineteen? Nine Nineteen fifty-eight. In Superman number 125. Back at the golden age of comics, Superman, you know... His powers were a little less defined. Sometimes he's just leaping over a building. Sometimes he goes in animation. And they say, hey, what if he could fly? Sometimes he's sneezing and blowing up a galaxy. Sometimes kryptonite's doing weird stuff to him. And sometimes he finds a tiny spaceship. Oh, a tiny spaceship, you say? And when he finds a tiny spaceship, it gives him additional powers. Mm. Not just regular powers, but the ability to shoot a tiny Superman out of his hand to go do his bidding. That's weird. Yeah, that is a that's a weird comics fact, I okay. guess you could say. Yeah. But he does stuff. He's like, oh, those people are trapped in this truck. Oh, they're shooting me with kryptonite. Get out of here, weird tiny hand. And he literally says, like, well, if he dies, I guess it's his fault. <laughs> like, does not care about his well-being at all, this wow. tiny Superman. And then it turns out he dies. Doesn't survive. Doesn't make it out of one issue. <laughs> what kind of drugs were the comic book writers on for that one? And he's like, huh, I wonder if he sacrificed himself for me or not. You yeah. sent him into a dangerous place full of kryptonite. He called it like his Tom Thumb, too. It was weird. But yeah, he literally would just shoot at a tiny version of himself to go do little missions. He's like, Ugh, I can't do that, or that seems troublesome. He's Superman! He did it like three times in one issue, and then he died. The little man died. The little hand man. Well, probably somebody was walking through DC and was like, no, no, we can't have the little hand man be a thing. Can't go on forever. Can't have it in perpetuity. And that was the end of Superman shooting out a tiny man from his hand. Superman 158. Weird comics facts. See, that was weird. That was acceptable. I don't know why you have the bring in the macabre and the death part of it. It's not my fault that he died. To be fair, when I went into this, I didn't know that it died at the end. Really? No, I was like, oh. And he said Superman 158? Yeah. No, 125. Oh, 125? It was from 1958. I kind of want to see the... uh... The tiny hand Superman? I want to see the yeah, tiny hand Superman, yeah. Look, this is right there. Oh, wow, look at that. He's so... That midget is cute. <laughs> That's what the guy is saying, not me. That's the words of the guy in the comic. Oh, wow, he's like riding a tennis ball. There we go. Oh, by a tennis ball, I mean a little thing of... Kryptonite, maybe. Yeah, it is, yeah. There we go. Tiny Superman coming out of your hand. It sacrificed itself for me right in the meteor into the sea where it can't harm me. Wow, he really is kind of a dink to the little Superman. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Wow. All right, that's weird comics facts. He shoots him into a gun, a cannon, the proxy Superman. Wow, that is weird. So from uh, shooting Superman out of your hand to shooting your shot, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. How about shooting yourself in the foot with turnovers? Hmm. Yeah, things have happened since last week. Uh, yes. Well, I guess we'll start there. It's just... I have nothing else to talk about because I literally, for multiple hours of my day, I, when I'm working, I just listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of basketball-related stuff. I haven't taken in a single second of anyone's take since, ooh, I don't know, about 10 minutes and 50 seconds into the fourth quarter. Wow. Haven't listened to a sync. I have. I've listened to no one. I've listened to nothing. I just turned it off. I haven't even watched Adam Sandler's movie on Netflix because they're like, you know what? You need a break. Not, not yet. You need a break. Yeah, a little bit. Listen, this is what I'll say. Obviously, we're talking about the Boston Celtics, and they lost in six to Golden State. They're young. The core is still there, and they were ahead of schedule. The yes, it was a better season than anyone could have anticipated. But that was a hundred and four games, and I am a little tired. <laughs> Dude, that's again why why I can't invest in a full season. Eighty two games in the first place is a lot, and the basketball isn't really good through the first eighty two games. Like it's not as good as it is in the playoffs. Not to say it was very good, but I mean Golden State deserving champions. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they deserved it. Um, I you just Celtics put up a fight in the third, especially they they came back and it was looking okay. Well, but... the twenty one zero run is really what did them in because they made big runs the rest of the game, but they could never really overcome that twenty one point run. I mean, they outscored them after the twenty one point run, but the damage had been done at that point. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. No, no two ways around it. Bummer to watch, but like I said, I mean, no one expected them to come out of this this year, and they have just inched closer in the last five years to a championship. And I, you know, I have certainly not lost the faith of that that is within their grasp. It would have been great to do it this year, but on the other hand, this year they like greatly overachieved. So, yeah, but I can't, I can't be that upset. My understanding now is too that the front office is going to open up the purse strings a little bit and give Brad Stevens a blank check and say, okay, go go do what you need to do, go spend what you need to spend for money. I couldn't tell you because, like I said, I have literally ingested nothing. Well, I haven't done one thing nowhere. The only thing that I know is that Kyrie is probably leaving the Nets, and that's hilarious. Well, that's literally all I know. All right. Well, there you go. So there's that. The Boston Red Sox continue to uh, have a resurgence playing well, but the uh, Yankees are just continuing to run away with the American League East. Patriots mini camps have been going on, and they made a big announcement today that they would be returning the red throwback uniforms from the 80s. Uh, those are coming back this fall, so that'll be exciting. Uh, they weren't really specific if that was going to be the home uniform for the whole season, but the NFL has kind of loosened up some of their uniform restrictions and rules. So the, the Patriots will be bringing out those red uniforms, which I think look sharp. They're awesome. It's good to have those back as well. The Corn Ferry Tour comes to the uh, Maine. This week, it's kind of like the uh, minor league version of golf of the PGA. So that's in Falmouth this weekend, the Live and Work in Maine Open. I'm going to go there and do a live report. I'm not really going to do a live report. I'm just going to go there and watch some golf. <laughs> okay, so different. Yeah. Well, no, because this, I mean, the podcast is recorded after the fact. I can't do a live report. I guess I could be like on the scene. Here I am, my day at the golf course. You could. I could, but I'm not going to. Because I'll be consuming beverages on the golf course while watching other people have fun. Make you edit it. Nope, not going to do that. <laughs> in 2026, the World Cup is going to be in the United States and Foxborough Stadium, sorry, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, the home of the Patriots, will host World Cup soccer matches. Back when the World Cup was last in the United States, um, that was a thing. So, Well, well, well. Yes. I don't think there are any other sports reports at the time. All right, then we're going to move on from there to screaming and streaming. Because we got double screaming streamings. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Let's start with Obi-Wan. I wanted to save Obi-Wan for last. Oh, but... no. I want to open with it. Okay. Um, you know how... Also, this is a mistake that Disney Plus made. Miss Marvel has had the lowest... Uh, streaming numbers so far because it comes out the same day as obi-wan i think that's such a mistake yeah oh, they, a massive mistake they should have split those up into not overlapping as much as they are yeah it was tough because it was a beautiful day out by the time i was able to watch them i was like ah, i don't want to yeah it, it's a commitment to like dive into the two-hour commitment yeah like on a day like trying to avoid spoilers and everything yeah, it, yeah. I, it's a massive mistake to overlap these things but whatever, Obi-Wan. What a great final episode. I think a mostly really solid episode. It wraps everything up. All the loose ends are tied up. It hits the right notes. It hits all the heartstrings. Yeah, they do um <laughs> they do but, hit, try to hit like all like the notes. And two My one thing is it has as many kind of like endings as the Lord of the Rings movies. It, the episode was pretty much over halfway through. Yeah, I mean ten minutes of it is a fight. A great fight. It is a great fight. I like it a lot. I like that Vader finally gets the high ground. Vader did get the high ground, which I said that. It says, like, he needs to say, I have the high ground now. He said a little bit too much referential stuff where he's like, no, you didn't kill Attic and I killed him. I'm like, okay. You, but, you took it a step too far, show. I will you say. You took it a step too far. I will give credit where credit's due. You predicted the head scar. I did, yeah, I love that. They finally whacked him in the head there. And I was like, holy shit, they did it. Can we also talk about the fact that Vader, like, what, 48 hours prior to this in, like, the showtime, beat the shit out of Obi-Wan? Maybe a little more than 48 hours. Yeah. This is the most powerful we've ever seen Obi-Wan fighting and using the Force. He's just chucking rocks at him. Yeah, but to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with peak Darth Vader and win, nobody does that. 
That I love Obi Wan. I mean, I love you and McGregor in this. And I think I, I said last week, like this might be my favorite show. And I think a lot of that really comes down to you and McGregor's performance. Oh my gosh, he's fantastic in this. But I mean, just that delivery, like he's totally sold to just saying, just like apologizing. And I love that they even match up the language of um, A New Hope. Not not so much the one where he's like, no, I killed myself. Aha. Uh-huh. But when, um, it's a very small thing, but when... Goodbye, Darth. Yeah, when he says Darth, that's exactly where I was going with it. Because like in A New Hope, he, he doesn't call him Vader. He doesn't call yeah. him Anakin. He calls him Darth, which probably wouldn't have been what he called him like a movie later. But with the context of the movie itself, just saying Darth. Yeah, that totally lined up. And I loved that. That was such a good From a touch. certain point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that. He did a lot of Alec Guinness, like, just kind of, like, folding his arms up and shit. Well, he did a lot of that in episode three. A lot of the hand, like, putting his hand up by his beard and, like... Hello there. Yep, that was as soon as he went over to see Luke, I'm like, before he said it, I was like, hello there. We're back, baby. We got got to say a very benign catchphrase. Yes, super benign catchphrase. (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) Do you think that fight was better than the one from episode three, different, or the same? I'm going to say, despite the fact that like, he got like chucked into a pit and was just chucking rocks, I think it's probably better because it wasn't as hyper-stylized. Yeah. Like, that other one was just... I mean, the other one was more of, for lack of a better term, a dance. Like, they were hitting their beats and they were doing flips and shit and, like, big twirly lightsaber things versus this one was more like, no, we're going for, like, killing blows. Yeah, these were two people who were not happy with each other. Yeah. And I do love the sound mixing on, like, in between Hayden Christensen and uh, the James Earl Jones of it all, which apparently is not him. They're, they did, basically did the Luke Skywalker thing from Mandalorian. It's not uh, actually James Earl Jones. Still works. Obi-Wan. It, it, it does, but I, I love the... That was great. Where it's a mix of his voice and, like, the voice. Yeah. He, yeah. And it, he looks so just messed up and dark and... Angry. Although, I do think the fight kind of ended abruptly. He's just like, and I'm going now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Again. Invader's reaction is, fine, you leave. Hey, stop it. Come back. Well, at that point, too, you got to think that Darth Vader is using the Force to sustain himself. Like, it's comic. It's like canon accurate. (laughs) He also got hit in the head with a lightsaber, I guess. Yes. Ow. I need that head to live. Also, can we talk about the fact that Obi-Wan does the thing that everyone else who ever fought Darth Vader should do? Attack the box in the center of his chest. I love that. That was great. But at that point, again, Vader has to use the Force to sustain himself. Does he have a backup suit on his ship that he can get into immediately? Hmm. Did he have a back-to-tank? Is he going to borrow the back-to-tank from Boba Fett? I don't know how I feel about it. Like a banta. <laughs> Did you fart? No, I didn't. Did the dog fart? He may have. Someone farted, and it wasn't me. It's not me. I think it's your dog. This is unpleasant. Yeah. I'm living in this, and it's not good. Uh, I didn't overly love the Reva ending. Like, well, I, what I, was she gonna do? You can't kill Luke. Luke was never in any danger. I know, but no, neither were Owen and Baru. Although Owen, balls on Owen. Oh yes, I man, if you want to make me like Uncle Owen, he's got a set of clappers <laughs> on him. Found my way into liking him. He's like, I forget what he said. He's like, like he is my boy or something or whatever the fuck it was. Yes, but yeah, totally sold me on Uncle Owen. And then Baru just pops out. She's like, I'm here too. Shot, 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 shot. It doesn't go so well for them next time they try and defend their home. No, they get skeletoned. They get vaporized. <laughs> no disintegrations. Nope. <laughs> they weren't. Well, you're technically not disintegrated if you still leave a skeleton behind. I guess you're not vaporized either. Well, fine. You tell him that. All right. You tell him that he didn't disintegrate them well enough, and then you can come back around and be a fleshy skeleton. That's what you get. I don't want that to happen to me. Oh, Palps is back. Yeah, looking extremely old, but still. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. It's like, yeah, there he is. Also, the fact that he just like gets Vader to turn the switch off on Kenobi. He's like, fine, I'll think about other things, I guess. Yeah, Vader's a bitch. It's actually one of my notes. It's right there. I only serve you, my master. But I wasn't expecting him, so that was a fun little surprise. That like, was oh, a- oh, we get some Palps in here. Yeah, little Palpatine. Again, I love the, the Mustafar castle scenes. And then we get the cameo we were all expecting, but probably briefer than we were all expecting. But I do love me some snarky Liam Neeson. He's like, hey, I'm here. He's like, took you long enough. All right, I'm gone. Do you think Do you <laughs> think that opens up the door seconds. for like another season? No, this is done. There's no way. I do like that, that we've got a long way to go. So it kind of indicates that, okay, it's time for Obi-Wan. He's 
you know, he's back with the force. He's no longer turned himself off from the force. He's a Jedi again, and it opens no. the door for him to do his training into becoming I can't more Im- powerful than you could ever imagine. I can't imagine there would be another season of this. I don't know. What story could you tell? I don't. I mean, no, it would they, have to be... they took it where like it brought him up against Vader. It got him off planet with like the one thing that would get him off the planet. We got some Jimmy Smiths in there. We got Luke. I mean, what else? Unless they're like, oh look, Luke's in trouble. Yeah, I I did like the scene with Leia at the end when he explains. He talks about her qualities and which ones came from her mother and which ones are her father's. I, and there's that kind of like kind of bullshit line of like, we can never tell anyone. Hello there. Yes. Like, uh-huh. you probably could have just not said that and we would have bought it. How does Luke, like, here's the other piece. Luke is never going to remember or never think about, you know, the fact that he sees a lightsaber for the first time in A New Hope, but yet he was chased by somebody with a lightsaber. That Like, you kind of remember things like that. No, I didn't say. He was like, hey, a lady chased me once. Yeah, true. I liked it. I, I liked that it didn't revolve around Luke. I'm going to be honest. I like, like you said, off-world stuff. And it was kind of the redemption of Obi-Wan. It does add to that relationship with him and Vader in a, in a way that I really liked. Like there were, a, there were some clunky things in here and it's, it's not like a, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they hit enough emotional beats and they hit enough like cool action stuff. They had enough cool visuals and I like how they handled most of the characters that it overall works. Uh, the fart dog's leaving. Can we also talk about the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi is the only person, probably the only, only people to beat Darth Vader, but not not once, but twice in a lightsaber fight? Well, and really, you could argue he wins the third one, like the fourth one on the Death Star. He no, doesn't. He, I don't think he can because he dies. Yeah, but he did it on purpose. He chose to die because if he became more powerful than Vader could ever imagine. Yeah, uh, which seems to be sitting on a log in a swamp. From a certain point of view. I also didn't like that line. I'm like, oh, you weren't ready to see me. And then the rest of them just pop up constantly. They're like, hey, here we are. We're just force ghosts. Yeah. Like, oh, so I guess everyone else was just ready to see you all the time. Well, remember, he turned himself off to the force. Like, he was hiding from the force. Everyone else saw all the force ghosts. No, but Obi-Wan was consciously, like, in the beginning, you tell me he was still a force user. He was carving up a dead sand whale. And stealing some of it. Yes. I thought that was going to come back, didn't but I, now what's he doing for money? I guess he goes back to cutting up whales. Uh, possessions. A Jedi craved these not. Um, there's a difference between possessions and uh, basic human needs. That's fair enough. He just like, you will give me money. You will give me some whale. You don't want to sell me death sticks. You want to go home and reconsider your life. All right. That's Obi-Wan. I loved it personally. Yes, it was great. I want to go back and watch the final episode again. And mostly just the Vader Obi-Wan stuff. That's a good chunk of it, though. They're just like, here's yeah. a big ass fight. Do you like a big ass fight? Here it is. Yes. All right, moving on from there to Miss Marvel, whichever episode this is. Three? Three. I called it Exposition Week. I was really waiting for a big punch-up, and then we finally got a big punch-up. Like, it's like, okay, episode one, we don't need it. Episode two, okay, we don't need it. It was like, by the midway of episode three, I'm like, I need someone to punch something. There was a man on fire. More punching. Yeah. And she did punch some stuff, finally. Yes. We got a wedding. I don't know. I enjoyed the first two probably more than I enjoyed this one, just because now it's starting to feel a little long in the tooth this one bogged down a little bit i thought like telling us the backstory the two um bracelet things i just it doesn't i don't know how forward the story progressed other than her grandmother's like well you have to come here now i get the end yeah so it it felt like how many episodes are we getting of this six i think so we're like we're in the beginning of the second act so things have to really get pushing forward i mean we have our villain now we didn't really have a villain before we have our villain yeah. We have their motivation. Someone's upset mother. Yeah, which is, you don't want that. Don't upset anyone's mom, especially <laughs> your own. I don't know. Um, yeah, this, this was the first one where I was kind of feeling a little bit of a slog. I'm like, okay. let Like, I didn't feel like I really got to know the characters any more than I did in the first two episodes. There were, like, no great, like, relationship like, revelations like i understand her relationship with her parents i understand her relationship with uh, her brother i understand that bruno has a secret crush on her that's not that secret yeah bruno's not good at hiding it and, and now all of a sudden bruno's like well i'm gonna go to caltech so there uh. and she can control her powers a little bit like what training has she done to control her powers she did it with bruno yeah but when's the last time she had a training session with bruno i know she was after that we don't talk about bruno 
You haven't seen that movie. Actually, I have. Okay. So there. I took a swing in the dark, and I was wrong. Yeah, you missed. You punched hard and missed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was uh, not enamored with this one, which I I have enjoyed the first two. Agreed. I, I wanted a little bit more out of it, but I think it's setting the stage up for the end of Act 2 when everything goes to shit. Which is going to happen because she's going to have to find a way to get to her grandmother. Well, I also didn't feel like we went that, like, the the last one ends with, like, I want you to meet my mother. And then we don't really build on that. Like, it was like, oh, cliffhanger. Then it was like, oh, we're not, we're doing something different? Yeah. Okay, great. Cool. I do love a good Bon Jovi cover band. Who? Yeah, it's Jersey. Everything is legal in Jersey. You got to support Bon Jovi. You got to support Bruce Springsteen. It's true. You do. It's a necess- it's a necessity. That's I was gonna say a necessary. It's a necessity. It's a bare necessity. Ah, uh, that's Jungle Book. That's different. Yeah, so not New Jersey. No, no, that's India. That's in the subcontinent. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, didn't love this one, but I mean, I, you know, if we're talking an overall thing, I enjoyed two out of three. No, so, I so still we're, we're still batting over five hundred. I still enjoy the show. I think it's a, a fun Marvel show. I like that they're shorter seasons. We'll see where things progress. Not uh, everyone can be a winner. I would like them to do something. Yes. If I had to voice an opinion, and I do. All right. There to be we fair, go. I don't, but. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, uh, do something, I guess, would be my request for uh, future episodes. Well, I'm sure something will happen. Because this was like, oh, there's a little bit of a punch up, but we don't really do much. No post credit scene either. I don't Ooh. know. I don't watch. There wasn't. All right. We're going to move on from there uh, to the tribute to legendary comic artist Tim Sale with Superman for All Seasons. It's Jared's Raining Corner. Superman. I will say, um, while the passing of Tim Sale is unfortunate and sad, it is also mildly serendipitous that we're doing Superman for All Seasons at the turning of a season. No. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You're not going to give me that. No. I'm not saying like I'm glad that Tim Sale passed away so we could do this for that, but I'm just saying it's kind of an, an interesting, just an interesting little quirk of the show. Superman for All Seasons, written by Jeff Loeb, art by Tim Sale, colors by a name I'm going to screw up the pronunciation on, Bajarn Han- Hansen. Wrong, but I do want to bring up the colors uh, very specifically because for as much as Tim Bjorn Sale- Bjorn Hansen, I don't know. For as much as just the pencils and the inks are great there is a ton of faith in the colorist in this book there's a lot of splash pages double splash pages like these sweeping landscapes that uh, rely heavily on the colors so if we're talking about the art of this book i want to make sure that we specifically call it the colorist because this is a very uh, specific and special job that was done i i found the colors to be a little like i like them but they felt muted they weren't bright and vibrant that makes sense I mean, they're watercolor. Yeah, but still. Sorry, I'm being picky. No. Uh, this book is, if you haven't read this, uh, this is essentially an intro book to Superman. If you haven't read Superman, this is kind of a good jumping on point. It's done in four issues. In Superman for All Seasons will literally describe the seasons. There's spring, summer, fall, and that other one that are all narrated by different characters within the Superman lore, including Jonathan Kent, Lois Lane, Lana Lang, Lex Luthor. Flip those last two if you want them in the correct order. Yes. <laughs> All the LLs are there, baby. True. There were four LLs. There were three. Oh, that's right. There are three. Yes. Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, and Lana Lang. There you go. Look at me go. They bring it up in the book. I know. I'm sorry. When he writes when he writes the note home about LL and Lois is like, who is LL? You don't is need to prove me? to me that you actually read it. <laughs> I'm just saying I did. <laughs> just trying to prove it. And you're like, yeah, and Jonathan Kent, what do you got to say about that? J and K, pretty close to L and L. They 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 are damn close to L and L. Indeed, they are. But that's how it's done. It's not done through Superman narration. Uh, we get early days Superman, like when he's just graduating high school, leaving the farm in Kansas, going off to the big city. And a lot of this book focuses on self doubt. But while I'm thinking about it, something I did want to mention is apparently uh, when Tim Sale was hired for this book in the '90s, uh, he wanted to include his dog in there. And DC was like, no, you can't include a dog. Like, canonically, back on the farm, they only had the one dog. He's like, I will quit this book if you don't let me include my dog. So literally on, like, the second page, you could see a second food dish with his dog's name on it. Love it. Literally, look at it. We're going to flip this bad boy open. Crack it open. Page one. Page two. Page. Oh, there it Bam. is. Look at that. Including his dog. Oh. <laughs> he literally threatened to quit if they couldn't include that. Well, glad they let him include it. Agreed. There's a lot of things that haven't like that weren't 
canon with Superman, but they made happen anyway. No, this was um, kind of following up on John Byrne's reintroduction of the character from the 80s, Man of Steel, his mini. Mm. I like, um, especially the first one with Jonathan Ken, I like uh, the kind of the doubts that they had that like we can't really connect with him and all that. And I think one of the best scenes is Jonathan and Martha are talking on the porch about his future, like what's he going to do? Like he's super strong he, and he's weird and he's all messed up. He can't hear us. His windows is wide open. Well, it's, I, the window wouldn't even need to be open. He just has super hearing. So yeah. Like how? Like we're on the other side of the house. How could he hear us? And they just cut to that like Clark in his bed, just listening to them and just like feeling down about himself and his powers. I love that. That's um, it's a very sad moment, but I do. Do you like think it he a lot. accidentally heard uh, Jonathan and Martha getting it yeah. on? Yeah, I think that would probably happen. Yeah, okay, just checking. Glad we clarified that. Do you think that teenage Superman, when he finally learned he had x-ray vision, do you think he used it for nefarious purposes? I'd like to think he's too polite for that. Probably, but do you think he did? I think maybe once, and then he felt guilty about it. Okay, that's probably a realistic answer. <laughs> kind of like a porky situation. I feel like that movie probably doesn't hold up. I haven't seen it uh, in a while. I don't think it does. There's no way that it would hold up. It's been a while since I've seen Porky's, but uh, I'm going to say maybe it has... Um, some inappropriate scenes some it's like the the euphoria of the 80s any 80s movie that involves like nerds getting some kind of revenge i don't necessarily feel like they were getting revenge they were just trying to get get some nookie you know what i mean yeah it it was the 80s uh movie tropes that are not great whatever that's not what we're here to talk about but you like that first one and he like has a crush on lana and oh yeah crush on lana flies her around she's the first person outside the kents to find his secret I like that they do, um, they kind of mirror the 77 movie of just like kind of like holding his hand out and she's able to be supported like way out on the other side of him. Yeah. And and you like that she's like immediately supportive, like you have to go, like you cannot stay in this town. It's funny though, later in the the book, when he flies with Lois, he's holding her instead of holding her out. Yeah. Carries her like a baby. Yeah. How did she get on the the terrorist sub, by the way? I don't know. She says stuff. She did it. She did. Next one is... I think probably the weakest one is the second one. That one is narrated by Lois. Yeah, you could get her like spunk at the beginning. Although it does, it probably has my favorite moment of the entire thing. But beyond the moment, like Superman saves this kid who's like running along a building. He's like, "Hey, cool costume!" And I just love this moment of Superman flies away. Goes, "Thanks, my mom made that." Was funny. I liked it. That just kind of encapsulates the character in a good, fun way. You also had Perry White's three rules of journalism: don't sleep with Superman. Uh, Nope, that wasn't one of the rules. To which Lois calls them BS before Superman. Was it like, don't believe everything you see, half of what you hear, and oh, everything, everything you read. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah, the second one was kind of more of like a Lex Luthor introduction. Although I do love the Lex one of like, no one talks to Lex Luthor the way Superman talks to Lex yeah. Luthor. And like Lex is continually balding throughout this, which yeah, I he, love. Also at the end of the Lex Luthor one where Lois is like, Oh no! Was it that one, or was it the winter? The winter one when he was gone, and she's like, "Where is he?" But he's not here, and there's no Superman. That's the dumbest idea ever. Yeah. Uh, yes, contemplating whether uh, Clark could be Superman. Yes. I love uh, probably talking about the art. I love the design of Clark in this. Like he's just a lumbering, like three hundred and fifty pounds of he's just muscle. Got a big chin. Not even like defined muscle. Like he's not like cut. He's just like I am. Just I am a tank. I am a tank of a man, and I love how big of a tank he is. He is a tank. Getting his hair cut, which also answers, like, how does he ever cut his hair? Uh, Canonically, in the books, he does it with his heat vision in mirrors. Oh, okay. Because he can't get a regular haircut. And if he's in the 90s, he grows a mullet. Well, why not? Everyone had a mullet in the 90s. Or a bowl cut. (laughs) That's that's what he did. He put a bowl over his head, used a mirror. (laughs) So the smell of burning hair must have been prevalent in his home. Apparently. Yeah. I do. I think the Lex Luthor one is probably the best of like Lex just talking about like uh, this is a love story between a man and a city, and just trying to break Superman down, including like killing a, a super fan of his. Well, turning her into for- like a to the villain, the villainous toxin. Yeah, but also just kind of you see the spiral of Lex Luthor, and he creates the um, the drones that are supposed to protect the city. Yeah, and they all look like his um, his power suit that he'll use later on. In his career, that purple and uh, green suit. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, just of like building up this woman into um, like he does something villainous of poisoning the city, gets someone to save it, and then uh, has her die in Superman's arms. It's dark, and then it makes him go away. Yeah. Like, it, like I said, this book deals a lot with doubt before Superman is Superman. It's like he's learning how to be Superman. Yeah. 
in the fourth one, he goes back home to Kansas and he's sad and Lana's with him and she's like, hey, you can, oh, there's a big rainstorm coming. Why don't you- In the uh, middle of winter where there's a bunch of snow. Why don't you go move that river? <laughs> he's like, all right. Which is, a, which is a kind of a refrain from some of the early stuff in the first book when Jonathan Kent talks about rivers. No, uh, I, I love the art in this. It feels very- It's classic. It's classic. It reminded me of the New 52 stuff, the art- in that. No, it didn't. Not the New 52. Oh, not the New 52. What was the one that I read? New Frontier. Yes. It reminded me of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does. It has a very it had timeless new the, It feel. had new in the title. Give me some credit, please. Yeah. Th- despite coming out in the 90s, um, kind of a desolate uh, time for comics, this one looks just pretty astonishing. I. Th- it's not necessarily the best Superman book out there, but I think if you were going to say like, oh, I want to get into Superman, you could chuck this someone's way and be like, hey. This is your gateway drug. If you like the character from this, then you can like the character. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you could come into it with not knowing Superman from a hole in the wall, and you get an understanding of you know, his secret identity, a little bit of his past. You don't get into the deep Krypton mythology. Making out with Lana. Yes. Just smooching. He does. Smooching her here, smooching her there. I like how Lois Lane is like, I wonder how many wives he has. She's not. She's like a great investigative reporter, but at the same time, the biggest mystery and reporting of her career is sitting like two desks away from her, and she can't figure that shit out. My, what the, what irony! That definitely didn't go on for a while. Yeah, seriously, it all took a pair of glasses. All right, I think that is it for uh, Superman for all seasons. Um, I don't know. This this is just a. It's a truly like like very. It's quaint but big and like lovely. It's really. Uh, one of my favorite Superman stories out there, and I truly love the art style in there. I know that Tim Sale will uh, probably get more acclaim for like some of like the Batman stuff that he did. Yeah, and I mean, even recently, he just did um, a follow up to the Long Halloween just a couple months ago with a one shot with like the potential for more, but clearly that will um, uh, not be happening. I I will say a couple of things I really liked about his take on Superman here is how baby faced he is through a lot of it. Just the how young he looks. Yeah, he, he looks like a sad boy. Yes. But no, I love the art. I love the uh, the story. It was a lot of fun. Thumbs up. All right, we're going to move on from there to Emissive. letters to the editors. All the questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. Okay, we can go with that. Okay. A couple of them involve research. <laughs> I was like, I don't want... I didn't look ahead of time. What DC character do you think would make the best Starfleet captain? Hmm. What DC character would make the best Starfleet captain? <sighs> Depends on like what kind of Starfleet. There's like different types of Starfleet captain. You have like the diplomatic captain, like Picard. You have the angry captain in Cisco, who becomes the diplomatic captain. You've got. You know, Kirk, who's the adventurous captain, like the, like, I don't play by the rules of the book captain, that's Kirk. Not really sure what Janeway is, as far as a captain. The woman. Okay, well. No, I love Janeway. Yeah, but like, what, like, you, like would you agree I've kind of, like, categorized them? I, I don't think this is a very hard question. All right, well, go I'll, ahead. I'll go with John Stewart Green Lantern. Well, the ring did choose him, so. Yeah, I mean, he's used to being a space cop already. He's out there. He can do stuff beyond just sitting in the captain's chair. He's uh, probably the most level-headed of our major Green Lanterns. Like, I wouldn't put Hal. He's going to go crazy, go power mad, and try and, like, steal a bunch of crap. Uh, Kyle Rayner, he's, you know, to be fair, he's been around for, like, 30 years, but he's always, like, presented as the younger one. So he's, you know, a little wet behind the ears. Jon Stewart would make the most sense. He's got space cop skills. Can't do Guy Gardner. He's a little too. He's a hothead. He's gonna get punched in the face by Batman or maybe a Klingon. I don't know. It could be. That's his deal. He gets punched in the face. So I would go with John Stewart Green Lantern. He's used to space. He's used to commanding a Green Lantern Corps, a whole corps of people, a corp, a corpse. All right. I think I can one up you, even though it's a character who dies. All right. Jor El. He's pr- he's pragmatic. He's progressive thinking. He's He's always looking ahead. He's looking to better his people. Yeah, but he's a little behind the ball now, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he's dead, but still. He's like, hey, I just discovered this thing. They're like, cool. Yeah, but he's got Uh, an interest in science. Maybe he should have come up with that five minutes before they died. You know what? No, he's... He had had enough foresight to create a spaceship to send his son away. In the Kobayashi Maru, he's dead. He's dead every time. Everybody dies in the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, well, he dies extra. Wow. But no, I think Jor-El would make a decent captain. Not saying... dead. So you're saying he's more of a red shirt? Oh, he totally is. Jor-El's a red shirt? <laughs> he absolutely is. 
Then I'll swing back around. My second option, Alfred. Alfred. Former British intelligence. He doesn't have spaceship experience. No, but he lives a life of service. He's willing, you know, he's very bright. He's smart. He's clever. He's a problem solver. He's a team leader. He works well with others. He takes other people's shit. That's what he does. That's what part of being a captain is sometimes. He deals with cranky-ass people. That's He just takes their shit. Yeah, but that's part of. But he doesn't lash back out at them, and that's part of being a Starfleet captain. I stand by John Stewart, Green Lantern. That's fine. You can stand by that. I'm going to stand by Jor-El and then Alfred. Oh, good. Um, someone who's going to die in an old man. Thank God. All right, then Perry White. Hear <laughs> it, right, Perry White, Starship Commander. Uh, if you want the angry starship commander, then you could go with uh, General Zod. He would just like fire photon. He'd be very much like Worf. He'd love Worf. They'd fight. They would. They would clash. Batman would not be a really good. Bruce Wayne would not be. Actually, Bruce Wayne might not be a bad. I mean, he runs Wayne Enterprises. He's in charge of new technologies and thousands of employees. I guess. He probably has some delegation skills considering he I was, doesn't pay attention to his company. It still manages to make him billions. Yeah. So I think that he, he might not be a bad starship captain either. All right. Is that it? I think so. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please go to patreon.com slash editorsnocomics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it, plus access to some cool stuff behind the paywall. If you want to interact with the show, email us, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com, and we may choose your letter, and we may answer it, maybe more in-depth than we did tonight. I thought this one was fine. Actually, this was fine. We did a really good job with this. I'm proud of us. That's why I didn't pick out the ones I had to research. That's You never let me do research. You never alert me to what we're going to talk about in the question. Fine. I'll make you research things, and I'll go in blind. You know, I like my role on the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Please also, uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, rate, review, and subscribe. Help gain exposure for the show. We appreciate you listening. We don't thank the listeners enough. We don't say thank you enough. You're all right. <laughs> You look tired. I am tired. You've got to go edit the show. I do. Ha. Uh, you can also find Zach on social media at Editor's Note Comics on the Twitter. Yeah, you're there too. At Junior Rich. Uh, next week, thing I said we were doing this week, but uh, there was an unfortunate death. Oh, what are we doing next week? Batman. Ah, oh, Batman. And then, oh, 4th of July is coming up. That means Captain America shit. Oh, yeah. I guess I got to plan that. Yeah. See? Mm, I'm doing your job for you again. When is that? I don't know. That's two weeks. Okay, great. So I don't need to worry about it for next week. No, you don't need to worry about it for next week. All right, we'll be back next week, Batman. Summer solstice!